Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, October 24th, 5.48 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. December corn futures down four and a half at 679 and three quarters. November soybeans down 12 and a quarter at 1383 and a quarter. December Chicago wheat down five and a half at 845 and a quarter. December Kansas City wheat down four and three quarters at 943 and a half. December spring wheat down four and three quarters at 956 and three quarters. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. Ratings and reviews, uh, very much welcome. If you're watching on YouTube, I think we're like 20 subscribers away from 7,000. So if you're not subscribed to the channel, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, leave me a comment. If you've got crop updates, yield updates, basis updates, any sort of opinion on anything that I say here, uh, drop it in the comments. All of those things will help YouTube to help me to grow this channel. If you guys would like some additional information from me, visit my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today, guys. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of, charts, graphics, weather info, all of my grain marketing recommendations. My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this. On Friday, I talked about re-ownership. Uh, the title of the video is Joe Hates Re-ownership, but... I've had a ton of questions from subscribers come in uh, just during the last few weeks about re-ownership of grain that they're selling out of the field. Kind of gave my two cents, uh, laid out a few ideas. If you guys are interested in this sort of stuff, sign up today, 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time, no other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. Russian attacks on Ukraine continued over the weekend. Critical infrastructure across Ukraine was struck by Russian missiles on Saturday, according to the Ukrainian Air Force. They reported that 33 missiles had been fired, although about half of those had been shot down. Since October 10th, Russia has been targeting Ukraine's energy infrastructure, um, at least half of the country's thermal power generation, and about 40% of the entire system has been impacted in some way, shape, or form. More than a million Ukrainians were without power on Saturday afternoon. A Ukrainian energy official said this, the scale of damage is comparable or may exceed the consequences of the attacks between October 10th and 12th, which was uh, a week ago. Now, the markets, the grain markets didn't really react to this. I don't know if we're just becoming exhausted of these constant headlines. You know, it, it seems like it, normally, normally over the last several months, when you see this sort of thing, you'll see the wheat market rally, at, at least temporarily. And this morning we're trading lower. So I don't know if it's just the market's exhausted of this whole deal or what, but this, this thing continues to escalate, continues to go in the wrong direction. Maybe on that same note, Ukraine says Russia is blocking the full realization of the grain shipping deal. There weren't a whole lot of details about this, but a Ukrainian uh, ministry spokesperson said, Russia is deliberately blocking the full realization of the grain initiative. As a result, these Ukrainian ports in the last few days are only working at 25 to 30 percent of their capacity. On Friday, Ukraine's President Zelensky accused uh, Russia of the same thing, deliberately delaying the passage of ships carrying grain. He said 150 vessels were waiting to be loaded. He said the delay is artificial and only arose because Russia is delaying the passage. But there's no details here, so I don't know exactly what they're doing to uh, delay the passage of this. If you guys have read more about this than me, uh, drop it in the comments. This current grain deal, of course, is scheduled to expire in mid-November. Russia has provided the United Nations with a list of demands, essentially. So the negotiations for a renewal of this deal are ongoing. 
Rain should continue to fall in key Brazilian corn and soybean growing areas. There's some minor planting delays here and there, although the rains are generally seen as a positive for crop potential. So most of your key corn and soybean growing areas in the south, the central, and the north, I mean, they're going to catch some rains here. I've got side by side here. This is the weather forecast for the next uh, week or so. And then you've got like, uh, this is your general, you know, soybean areas in Brazil. Your bigger ones are in the dark green. So they're in good shape. I've heard some rumblings, some rumblings of reduced uh, crop estimates, just marginally reduced crop estimates because of late planting. Uh, the soybean crop in Brazil, I believe, is like 35, 35 to 40% planted, uh, slightly behind a year ago. USDA, CONAB, every other private group out there, they continue to project record Brazilian soybean production. It's just a question of by how much. The previous record crop of 139.5 million metric tons was harvested in 2021. Most of the projections now are for are for a crop of 150 million metric tons or better. So they're thinking like an increase versus the prior record of, you know, seven or 8% at least. So we'll continue to watch this. Uh, the soybean market is, is going to very quickly, probably has already shifted its focus away from the U.S. production situation and toward demand and toward the South American production situation. Water levels on the Mississippi River re remain critically low, although maybe some relief in sight. Bloomberg reported on Saturday that barge drafts would be further limited upriver of the port of Baton Rouge. As of Saturday morning, there were four closures on the river and a backup of more than 2,700 barges and vessels. Uh, the Army Corps is continuing their dredging efforts to keep channels open. They're also building some sort of underwater levee in order to stop seawater from affecting drinking water. Now, the weather forecasts do offer some rain. Uh, we actually have some rain on the radar this morning for a change of pace. There's some scattered stuff over like northern Illinois, Wisconsin, some rain up in North Dakota, some rain over Texas moving into Oklahoma. Uh, next seven days, you should see some rain along these river valley areas. Is this going to be enough to provide the relief that we need? Um, I'm not sure about that. But some of these areas of Illinois, uh, Missouri, down into Arkansas, places like that, they're going to see some rain. Um, is it going to result in, in a, a big recovery in the river situation? Probably not, but it might help. And, you know, any sort of forecast beyond this time frame is, is difficult to project. They're not super reliable. Uh, 6 to 10, 8 to 14. I mean, odds of, of above normal precipitation, again, for some of these river valley areas. Uh, so this is a situation that is is very much fluid. Uh, we need some rain. We're going to catch some this week. Is it enough? I, I don't know. And what comes beyond uh, this next five or six days? I'm not sure about that either. Large money managers or the funds continue to hold a heavy net long position in the corn market. They were net sellers of about 16,000 contracts of corn on the week. But this net long here, 239,000 contracts, that's a big net long historically. Uh, funds didn't do much in soybeans. They're still holding a net long of about 67,000, which is a modest net long historically. It's not super large or extreme. Uh, funds are short. Uh, net short, 23,000 contracts of SRW wheat, which is kind of a modest net short historically. Chinese GDP was a little bit better than expected, 3.9% in the third quarter. So that print was better than expected. They were looking for 3.5. This GDP data out of China was delayed by a week or so due to unspecified work arrangement situations, I guess. That was what they said, uh, which caused some panic and fear among traders momentarily. Uh, despite that better print, these COVID lockdowns in the spring and summer did hinder economic activity to some extent. The annualized growth rate in the first quarter was 4.8%. So you're 3.9 now, but this is better than expected, and I don't know if I'm supposed to believe this data out of China or not. I have no idea, but uh, grain traders are watching uh, the Chinese economy. A poor Chinese economy uh, could 
uh, absolutely result in reduced demand for soybeans, corn, that sort of thing. So this is, I, I guess, good news for the markets, if anything. We did have a cattle on feed report out on Friday, and it was pretty much neutral relative to expectations, but we're finally seeing some evidence of, of shrinking numbers. Cattle on feed at 99% of last year, uh, that was on par with expectations. Placements on par with expectations at 96. Same thing with marketings on par with expectations at 104. So I'm not quite sure uh, exactly what that means for the um, for the cattle market here on the open this morning kind of uh, neutral relative to expectations. U.S. dollar is a little bit higher. The S&P is up 13. The Dow Jones up 130. Bonds are up a little bit. Crude oil is off uh, less than a dollar this morning. Everybody have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you guys same time tomorrow.